Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastical with myself, Steve Nussbaum, in the podcast where I invite my guests to come on, talk to me all about their musical tastes, their memories, their experiences, and they get to create their fancy festivals, which I have christened Fantastivals. We are now on episode number 91, so in our early journey in our 90s as we are fast approaching that big Fantastival 100 episode. Before we start this one, I'll say a massive thank you to Louis Antonio, the guest in episode number 90 from the wonderful Louis and the Shake. So if you've not listened to that one, please go back and listen to that. Louis collated an amazing fantasy festival lineup and was so passionate and enthusiastic about music, it made for a really entertaining episode. So that was 90. This one is 91, and I'm delighted to be joined by a gent I've only known for a few weeks, but he's an absolute top man. He hosts his own fabulous radio show that we're going to talk about called Be Kind Rewind. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sean Mackey. Steve, thanks very much for having me. Sean, an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm so looking forward to listening to you talk all about music and your fantasy festival lineup. But before we do, I always like to check in with guests and find out how they've been over the last two years or so. It's been a very difficult uh, and emotional time. So, Sean, how have you been, mate? Yeah, I mean, the last two years have been a bit of a whirlwind for, for a lot of people for, for, for many different reasons. I mean, at, at the top of it, I started a new job during during a pandemic, which, which was very strange. Starting a job like via Zoom and, and Teams and Google Meets and stuff was 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 weird, but still here, still still doing it. Um, yeah, COVID was 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 a strange one. Like, you know, uh, solidified lots of friendships and, and and things like that. And but then yeah, I lost lost some family members, which was which was really tough. But yeah, it was. I think you learn. I think I learned a lot about myself and just to be able to come to terms with you know it's all right to not feel all right and you know seeking the help when when needed and you know i think family and friends are are, are really important in in one's life and i just yeah really yeah i think that kind of came across during during those two years and obviously introduced you quite vaguely i only known you a short amount of time but yeah. we've obviously worked together which has been great so far so for anyone listening who doesn't know who sean mackey is tell us a bit more about yourself what do you do what would you like to do who is the uh the man behind the name Sean Mackey. Yeah, so I currently work for a company called Thrive, and uh, we are a mental health app. So uh, yeah, really happy to be working with with lots of people, uh, lots of different organisations up and down the country and across the world, and they support their employees with you know getting the app. And within the app, there's uh, lots of mindfulness, you know, CBT uh, program, and there's also um, a really great feature where you can talk to a therapist as well via the app which is which is great uh before that i actually worked at um sony music for for four years i, I did marketing uh for for them and in their in their legacy department so i've yeah, got a real keen interest for, for music as well and um yeah that's me i'm, I'm, I'm anyone who, who does know me knows that i'm mad into music i uh, when, when when the world was slightly more normal i was probably going to a gig a week you know i love love trying to go to festivals and seeing seeing new seeing new acts and new bands and like living in london is a perfect place to do that because there's so many venues big and small to see so many great great acts whether they've been around for 20 30 40 years or the, the up-and-comers and stuff so yeah really really keen uh, on music love live music and I'm really excited to to talk to you about my my fantasy festival a little bit later on so that is coming up i'm looking very forward to that but you said how keen you are into music and i think that's really evident and really clear through your own radio show so as well yeah. as having other artists and bands on i've had other podcasters on as well and other radio hosts so sean like i mentioned you've got a fantastic 
radio show that I've just been listening to uh, for the last few days that I've really enjoyed. So tell us all about your radio show. Give it a nice, uh, give it a nice plug. Well, thanks for giving uh, me another listen. That's you and my mum now, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've been I've been a radio host since since uni days. So I was one of those people that um, wanted to do um, student radio, and I did it for three years while I was at Kent University, and they had a station there called CSR FM. And my love for radio just grew and grew um, during my time at Kent. Uh, I was, you know, I started off kind of that that really early morning slot and kind of grew into doing an early afternoon into a drive time in my third and final year there, and just it was just that freedom of expression. Like, I was never, I'm never really good at sports or anything like that, and music was my my outlet, but I didn't really, I didn't play any instruments or anything like that. And um, while I was at uni, I learned how to DJ as well, so I was doing doing bits and bobs at different festivals and like club nights and stuff like that so yeah music was really at the heart of, of my degree and while I probably should have paid more attention to my actual degree and doing yeah. coursework and stuff like that I just yeah I got really involved in the in the music scene in, in, in Canterbury where, where Kent University is and just, just really immersed myself in it and just absolutely loved my time and I really wanted to try and be like a professional radio host after uni and um, if anyone knows that journey it's difficult it's really hard to try and become you know, the next Greg James or, or whatever, it's, it's tough. And I, I did try and for, for whatever reason, it didn't didn't work out, but I kind of had the next best thing of going to work for a record label and working with some amazing artists. Um, I got to work with the likes of Bruce Springsteen, uh, the estate of Jimi Hendrix. I worked with Judas Priest, Scout for Girls, Faithless. So, so yeah, it's a real mixed bag of, of artists, but kind of really focusing on the, on, on the legacy of, of acts rather than the kind of new and, and up and coming acts and yeah I spent four years there and then since um, since the pandemic uh, a friend of mine from from uni has actually put on her, her Instagram stories of this new radio station called Voices Voices Radio in they operate out of uh, Kings Cross or kind of the uh, or, or around the Kings Cross area and um, I saw her post I was like I, I want to get back into radio I haven't been on air for years and I thought of a concept and I wanted to I've got a real love of kind of older music and I, I think looking forward in music is a really important thing but so is looking back and you know exploring the roots of, of music and seeing who's inspired who and you, know, you can try and trace the footsteps of different genres and acts and see and just yeah I, I think the history of music is, is fascinating and I want to explore that in a quite a fun and engaging way and um, Be Kind Rewind was, was born out of that and the idea behind the show is each so I, get, I do a show a month uh, the first Thursday of, of every month between five and seven. I focus on one particular year for that for that show, and there's no rules. There's no like, I'm not doing like, total rock or all indie or all dance. It's whatever was super popular or maybe kind of went under the radar a little bit, and maybe I cult classic songs now. And I spend two hours just playing out absolute belters. And it's, it's a really fun show to put together. It's a really fun show to experience alongside people who are listening as well, because they, some of them don't realize that a song might have been released in that particular year, or you know they, they've got nice memories of it. And it's just a nice way to connect with people. And uh, I think we both know that music plays a, plays a big part in lots of people's lives and it, you know, it creates emotion. And, and yeah, I just like, I like experiencing that with, with, with people. I listened to a few of the shows this morning, and I got to say, great fun, very, uh, very genre of music from Sophie Ellis Bexter to Chad yeah. Kroger yep. to Tweet, which I really enjoyed and heard some songs I've not heard in a long while. And I, but yeah. like we were saying before we came on, 1984, your show you done on that was blowing my mind because 1984 yeah. is like my kind of perfect year with Adams and Springsteen and Van Halen and so many classic rock acts. So 
that is available, Sean. If someone can't listen live on radio on the first Thursday of every month between five and seven, need not to worry because people can go and they can find you on Mixcloud, right? That's right, yeah. So you can go, you can find me. I think you search for Sean Mackey and I share all the shows from from the Voices official uh, Voices Radio official Mixcloud. But yeah, if you search for Voices Radio um, or Be Kind Rewind, it will, it will come up there. And uh, you can listen live every first Thursday of, of every month. I'm not doing it in June, but I'm doing it in, in July. I've taken a little break because I did nine shows in a row. And um, yeah, so first Thursday of, of every month, five, five till seven on yeah. uh, voicesradio.co.uk. Great stuff. Really, really fun show. Highly recommend it. So without giving away too many spoilers, Sean, it's clear to see that you're you're massively into music. But are there any genres that you're into or any genres that you're not into? What what kind of music do you like? No, I, yeah, it's super, super varied. Like, and I think people, I've heard people say when, when, when you become... A certain age you're kind of fixed in your kind of musical landscape like you know what you like and that doesn't really change when you get into your your mid-20s 30s etc i think that's wrong i think you, your, your music taste changes as often or as little as, as you want it to like when i was you know 15 16 and you know, taylor swift was at the height of her fame me being kind of like a an immature boy i was like i don't want to listen to girly girly pop music but now having actually spent time listening to like her music from from old and then even her newest stuff like i i i'd be i think it's fair to say i'm i'm, I'm a definite converted swifty um I, I love rock music love love indie music I, i've been a massive Foo fighters fan for a, a very long time now they're definitely one of my favorite favorite bands so the loss of taylor hawkins um a couple of months ago really hit me hard it was felt like i'd actually lost a family member to be fair it was one of those ones but yeah my my, my music taste is is super varied and that's partly due to wanting to explore lots of different genres but then also i want to give thanks to my parents for giving me a really great musical education from from day dot really so yeah i and you'll see with my my with my um my festival bill it's it's quite quite varied i'm looking forward to that is there anything at the moment sean that you're that you're listening to i went to see brian adams three times last week so i'm back in my teenage years are listening to everything from brian adams above and beyond and really enjoying going back into some of his older albums that i hadn't heard in a long time so what are you listening to at the moment sean so i really enjoyed arcade fire's new album um they're a band that kind of passed me by a little bit i like when i say i'm, I'm, in, I'm into indie music i thought they were too indie for indie right. music at times um but now having having really enjoyed um this this last album uh we I've actually gone back and you know really enjoyed listening to some of their older stuff and just massively enjoyed this album. It feels like it's going to be a really good one to to, to see live. Been really enjoying uh, a young guy called Alfie Templeman as well, who's who's um, I think in the process of releasing an album next month via uh, AWOL. He is just the embodiment of summer indie pop, I guess. He's just when when the weather like it is today, I can kind of see out your window. It's it's nice and sunny and, and bright wherever you are, Steve. Um it, it kind of embodies that and I'm really enjoying listening to him and seeing what what's to come for him. So I think he's definitely one to watch. And um I've kind of been discovering the Australian music scene uh over the last kind of couple of years and my my festival bill kind of reflects that a little bit. By the privilege of seeing this guy called Tyne James Organ at Old Blue Last on Tuesday night. And his stage presence and his musicality was was fantastic. He released an album uh, about a year or two ago, which was fantastic. And there's definitely more music for him from him to come. But I think the Australian music scene is is phenomenal. And if you've kind of slept on it, I would definitely get get involved because there's some great acts like um, Middle Kids. 
Tom James Organ, there's a band called Gang of Youths who are fantastic as well. So the, the music output from Australia, if you're into kind of indie rock, is phenomenal and definitely worth checking out. Great stuff, great recommendations there. I had a guy called Lee Clancy on, who's from Australia, I think in the late 20s, and he had a band called Violent Soho on, who mm. are a bit more rocky Australian, and I absolutely fell in love with that album last year. So if you're not listening to anything by Violent Soho, go check them out as well. They're an amazing, amazing band. So, Sean, let me take you back. I'm aware that you're probably younger than me, so this might be a download as opposed to a CD purchase or a record purchase, but do you remember buying or downloading your first record or single one and what that was? Yeah, I, I do actually. It was um, it was Franz Ferdinand's first first album. It's the kind of the first kind of CD I remember buying. I was of the of the era of, of LimeWire as well, so um, that that was really prevalent. But um, I, yeah, I went out and bought that first Franz Ferdinand record, and they've been around for what twenty twenty five yeah. years now, and they just released the best of. And I was like. God, are we at that point already when Franz Ferdinand, the band that I, you know, was kind of first discovered way back when, uh, are at a point where they can release the best of, and it, yeah, it turns out they can, but that, that whole first album was was great, but I wasn't always the one buying CDs in the house, my mum my, my and dad would, would always kind of buy a lot of CDs, and I kind of raid what, what they um, would buy as well, and I remember my mum getting... Maroon 5's album, Songs About Jane, and just that whole album is so, so good. I think it's the best thing Maroon 5 have ever done and probably will, will ever do. Um, but yeah, my, yeah, my parents really influenced kind of the, the music buying and the music downloading in the house until, I don't know if you remember this, back in the day when iTunes used to do that song of the week where you'd get uh, a free song. Oh, yes, I do, yes. Every week. That really shaped my kind of musical journey and it mapped out what I liked. I remember getting an XX song for free before that album, that, that album came out. Um, Empire of the Sun, I remember that was one as well. It's just like, so yeah, it's, it's funny. I was in that weird crossover moment where it was like CDs were still really prevalent, but then kind of iTunes were, were still there. But yeah, Franz Ferdinand was probably that first one. I, I thought that album it was such a cool, it's, a, it's just a really cool album. Yeah, I'm so old. I remember working at H&V when the album came out and like really? listening to it. Yeah, it's got some great singles on there as a yeah. collective. It was huge. I just remember that was huge, that album. And that came yeah. out at the same time around like Kaiser Chiefs and like Razorlight's first album. We had this whole spate of like, Almost Britpop Volume Two, almost. Yeah. Where it never got to that level, but it was lots of great bands out at that time. It was a real moment for guitar music. I think it was. It was a lot of people just kind of had experienced that like nineties Britpop moment, but wanted a moment for themselves. Mm. And some some great some great acts came out at that time. That early two thousands was yeah, it was a good good time for music. Great time. So you've mentioned that you're a big fan of festivals and obviously this podcast is all about you getting to collect your fantasy festival, but what have your best festival experiences been in? Like what are your favourite festivals and kind of, yeah, who the acts who have blown you away when you've gone to a festival? Uh, well, my first ever festival was, was Reading Festival. I did that pilgrimage post GCSE. So I went um, in 2010 and the lineups for, for, for those back, back then were were great but then when you're like 16 17 you're kind of going to a festival by yourself you know drinking in fields and stuff like that <laughs> reading festival for me back then was was a real real moment because it is it it just felt like freedom it felt like what freedom should should feel like um and you're, you're surrounded by friends you're making new friends you're discovering new bands you're appreciating bands that you've maybe liked for a couple of years and yeah i think that was a real a real moment because yeah you, you go for for certain bands like you, you go I mean, who, who was the lineup for, for 2010 i can't even remember now 
so long ago. But I have this distinct memory of wanting to go see um, Kelly from Block Party because it was at that point, I think, Block Party on hiatus and Kelly had just released uh, his kind of debut solo album. I was waiting for them to come on and I was really early and I saw, I started watching this band called Wild Beasts and I'd never heard of them before and they were just so, so good live. I went, I remember getting them back from Reading Festival, like, all right, I'm going to buy this this Wild Beast album and it was it was just as good on the, on on recording than it, when it was live and yeah, so Reading Festival for me, it was kind of a real, real fun moment but you can't not talk about festivals and not talk about Glastonbury. I've only been to Glastonbury once and it was the year of Radiohead, Ed Sheeran and Foo Fighters. So wow. I primarily went for the Foo Fighters. It was the year after Dave broke his foot. So I think they were supposed to play it the year before. So I went, it was, this was 2017, I think he was supposed to play in 2016. And he just kind of paid homage to Florence because she stepped in last minute to headline. And there was a lot of just the whole energy of the whole festival, it just feels like another planet. Like everyone's just really happy. No one, no one's like, yeah, no one's, no one's sad. Everyone's just like, you can walk past anyone, say hello and just, you just yeah, it was just a real, real special moment. And um, yeah, got to see some, some great bands and just, I just love that environment. I think most festivals are kind of like that. It just feels like a bit of an escapism. And I think over the last couple of years when we didn't have festivals, we really lost of the huge musical identity for, for a lot of for a lot of people. So yeah, um, Glastonbury and Reading are my, my two favourites, I'd say. Wonderful festivals, wonderful festivals. So you mentioned you gigs have been a big part of your life and how important it is to get back to them again, Sean. Do you have any kind of favourite gigs that you always look back on and remember? Yeah, so I always remember my first one. I was, what, I think 15, 16. So a little bit late kind of getting into to gigs. Some of my friends have been going for it for a couple of years. But my first ever gig was the Arctic Monkeys at Wembley Arena. And it was around the, I think it was Humbug era of, of Arctic Monkeys, kind of like third third album time. And yeah, it was the first gig I ever went to. And, you know, you do kind of get taken by your parents, but my mum's pretty cool. She's kind of got quite a similar music taste to, to, to me. And we just had the I just had the best time. Like I was, I was at that point, I was like, I just want to do this every day. You know, want to go see live music every day. And it's just it feels so fun just to be singing your favorite songs back to the band that you've heard hundreds and hundreds of times either like through some headphones or your laptop speakers and and then also looking around you and seeing like the euphoria of everyone around you singing back seeing you know everyone knows the same words that you know and it's like it's it's when music becomes not a not a solo thing, but kind of a community and collective thing. It's at that point where you think it just feels nice to be a part of, of something where you thought it was, you know, music was just for you, but it's actually for, for everyone. And yeah, that was, a, that was a really, really good moment. But one gig that kind of stands out for me is one, because I could, couldn't believe I got a ticket to it. And two, just the whole atmosphere was unreal. And that was seeing Kanye West at Coco in Camden. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't. I still can't believe I got a ticket to that. It. I. I don't think we got in until maybe gone midnight, like one a.m. or something. It was. It was a weird. Like the tickets went on sale quite late in the evening, and then he yeah, didn't get on until quite late. But it was. It was. Yeah, he was there. 
a lot of the uh, Boy Better Know collective were also performing on the same stage as him, which was just wild because they're they're just great performers as it is. And it's one of those when when you hear about Kanye West, you know you associate long rants and you know you don't actually get to hear much music. But he didn't say anything. It was just all about the music, and everyone everyone in the room was just. I think one really grateful to be there and just in awe of the whole moment, just seeing the whole Boy Better Know collective and Kanye do that thing, and it was it was wild. It was a wild night. I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but there's a I don't know if you've seen it, Sean, the Netflix three part special about Kanye. Yeah, I did. I, and I've watched like the, I haven't watched the last one, but the first two, which kind of like chart his rise up or him trying yeah. to get signed, like it was amazing to watch that back and see how hard he was actually trying to get into a scene because he at the beginning like it's hopeless for him and to see what he was to what he becomes uh is a hell of a journey to watch it, it, yeah i actually yeah i've watched all three of those episodes and even if you're not not a kanye fan or if you kind of only like early kanye it's worth seeing the whole three parts because he's someone who's definitely worked really really hard and i'm not going to take away from the fact he does you know, he's quite outspoken and what he does focus on or has focused on over the last few years might have not been the best thing for him. And obviously he does suffer from from mental illness, but it's just proof that if you do work super, super hard, you can, you can, you can make it. And that's, that's what he did. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but he, he, yeah, he, his journey is, um, it's really interesting. And seeing it from the eyes of someone else, from a a close collaborator and friend, was really interesting as well because he wasn't to the slight spoiler but he wasn't there throughout the whole thing and it was interesting to see when he came back in and, and stuff so yeah that's i'd take your recommendation and yeah definitely recommend people to, to to watch that one yeah well worth a watch that one so like i said at the top of the episode this is the fantastical podcast it's all about getting our guest today who is sean to collect his fantasy festival so sean gets to choose any five acts who one of whom must play one of their studio albums in full and at the end of his fantasy festival he gets all of his five acts to perform what we call an encore which is all five acts performing one song together to close his fantasy festival so i mentioned louis antonio at the beginning of the episode he was my last guest he came on last week and collated his space invaders fantasy festival in his opening act he went for Jimi hendrix which isn't a bad way to open a fantasy festival at all he followed up Jimi hendrix by getting queens of the stone age to play songs for the deaf in full in his super second slot not a bad shout there i can see you nodding away sean it's not a bad album to have played at your fantasy festival he followed that up with iggy pop in his midway madness slot so good to see Iggy pop back for his second fantasy festival appearance then he selected the artist who's been selected the most on the podcast. Mr. David Bowie was selected as a pre-headline act slot and he was followed with Queen who headlined Space Invaders. And for his encore, Louis had all of his five acts play Gift Peace a chance to close his fantasy festival. So that's how easy or how difficult the Fantastical podcast concept is. So very simple, five acts take five times lots. But before we talk about your acts, Sean, we need to give your fantasy festival a name and we need to give it a venue. So, Mr. Mackey, what are we going to call your fantasy festival? So, working in mental health, I kind of wanted to go down that vibe a little bit. And for some reason, this was the first and only name of the festival that I thought of. And I was like, that sticks, and I quite like it. So I went for a State of Mind festival. Oh, I like it. I like what yeah. you've done there. Yeah, brilliant. So we've got a State of Mind festival. Yeah. Sean, you can hold this anywhere you want in the world. You can take us back to Coco, to Reading, to Glastonbury. You can take us abroad. You can take us to your back garden. Wherever you hold a state of mind, we are going to follow you. 
So, Sean, where are you going to hold your State of Mind Fantasy Festival? God, I wish I had a garden big enough to hold a festival. <laughs> that would be, be great. Um, I wanted to cause a little bit of chaos with where I wanted to host this this festival. So it's chaos in two parts. It, it probably shuts down the large majority of London because of it. And it also probably creates a health and safety nightmare. So my venue is... So the stage itself will be on Tower Bridge and the, the acts themselves will be on Tower Bridge playing out. And then the, the audience will be on the River Thames on a massive, massive barge that can fit how, however many thousands of people. So, yeah, it would cause absolute havoc. I don't think it, it would ever be signed off by any council or um, kind of government or whatever. But... It's, yeah, I thought as, as a dream, that'd be quite a fun one to do. Sounds great. I've just had word from the Fantastical Health and Safety Commission that they've passed it. It's going ahead. We've got our certificates. It's done. Love it. So we've got it signed off. So yeah. before we talk about the five accidents, Sean, I'm aware that you're a massive music fan and it must have been very difficult to get a fantasy festival just down to five acts. Before we go through the five, any acts that you want to mention who you love, but for some reason aren't appearing or haven't been able to infiltrate it into a state of mind? So I chose most of these acts. It's primarily because I haven't seen them and, and kind of either wanted to or, or still want to. Obviously, having mentioned I'm a massive Foo Fighters fan, they don't feature in my, in my festival, primarily because I've seen them quite a few times and I kind of know what they're about. But um, I wanted to kind of give give a bit of space to some other acts that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of. I know David Bowie kind of gets a, a lot of shout outs and he would be an amazing one to, to, to see live as well. But yeah, Foos and, Foos and Bowie definitely get a, a shout out from me. Okay, so Foos and Bowie have to wait another day. Loads of people talk about Foo Fighters. It's quite interesting, actually. Foo Fighters haven't actually been picked that often for a fantasy festival, although everyone loves them. They've only uh, been picked twice on the Fantastical podcast. So Dave and co will have to wait another day to come back. Burry, like I said, has been picked the most out of anyone. He's been picked 12 times out of 91 episodes. So Foos and Burry miss out, but five lucky acts are going to make it into a state of mind. So it's two o'clock. The stage is set on Tower Bridge. Everyone's waiting on a barge in the River Thames. (laughs) I like that idea. It's very clever. So Sean, it's two o'clock. A state of mind is ready to commence. We've got a stage ready at Tower Bridge. The audience are all on the River Thames awaiting to see who's going to appear. So, Sean, who's going to open a state of mind? So it's a band that I've briefly mentioned on this episode already, and it's uh, they're a band called Gang of Youths. So they're uh, from, from Australia originally. They have got three albums now, and they've just really, yeah, they, re- they released their third album this year, which uh, is a really, really good, really, really good album. And they were introduced to me by uh, an Australian friend of mine, obviously. And they actually reside in in London now. They don't actually live in Australia anymore. They actually live live in London. So I've actually seen them a, a couple of times. And they're just, the lyrics are really, they're quite personal. And they do go, they, they do delve deep into lead singer Dave's kind of like thinking and his, his, his world around them. And... Yeah, I just love love the lyricism, love the kind of fast pace. I've seen him at a couple of festivals, and they just they just bring it. They like Dave's a wonderful frontman. He's he's one of those guys. He's not afraid to have a little dance and really get the the, the crowd on on side. And their, their music is is great. It's it's loud. It's fast, but it, it, it means a lot as well. It's not it's that he's not writing lyrics for for lyrics' sake. He's he's you know, 
the previous armies that, that they've just released was all about the, the the death of his dad and how he's kind of come to terms with it so it's it's really deep stuff but they make some fantastic music and uh, i would have them at any festival if i was um you know curating a lineup i think they'd be a, a great opener they're a really fun band to, to be around and i know a lot of people are, are, are fans of them and they've become a lot more popular in the last kind of couple of months to, to years so yeah they, they they'd open my 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 festival for sure great stuff they've been spoken about a bit on this podcast so yasmin Erich spoke about them earlier uh, in the podcast history so did nick allen he recommended them if i remember rightly but they've never been picked before in a lineup so gang of youths make their long-awaited fantastical podcast debut they're going to play from two till three o'clock and open a state of mind we'll take a half hour break from three o'clock to half past three. Then it'll be time for our super seconds act. We're going to get an hour on the stage. So, Sean, who's going to be your super seconds act? No, it's, it's, this was really, this is a really hard slot to fill because you like, at what point do you want to, do you want to peak? Like, you know, like, do you want to try and build the momentum? And yeah, this was, this was a really, really tough one to, to choose. And I think it kind of helped me choose the rest of my acts as well. Kind of set, set a precedent. So, it's a band I've never seen before. It's a band I've actually seen a very good covers band version of. Uh, and so the band I'd like to play from half three to half four is the Smiths. So try and get Morrissey and Johnny Marr to speak and play play music again and not and have Morrissey not be an absolute wanker on stage would also be really, really different. So there's, there's, there's a lot of challenges to try and bring the Smiths back together. But they've just got some bloody amazing songs. They, they, uh, uh, yeah, they were introduced to me by, by my mum. And I've just absolutely adored. I, I love love the Smiths. I think they put on a really really good show as long as they weren't any fisticuffs and or any verbal abuse on stage between Johnny Marr and 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 Morrissey. But yeah, they're a band that I'll probably never be able to see ever. Unfortunately, it's probably a band that not many people have had the opportunity to to see. But I'd highly recommend going to see the Smiths, who are their, their fantastic cover band. I actually saw them at, um, at Glastonbury back in 2017. They actually played. Um, one of the tents on the Thursday, so before any of the other uh, live music had started, they were the kind of the only ones that were playing on, on the Thursday. They packed out the tent. The lead singer sounds so much like Morrissey. It's phenomenal. They're, they're, they're really, really tight. So that's as close as I've ever seen the Smiths. So if you are yearning for a, a band that sounds a lot like the Smiths, the Smiths are definitely a, a good one, and they play up and down the country year in, uh, year out. And I also got to see him at the 100 Club a couple of years ago as well. And, and so my mum and she, she thought it was better than the Smiths. So I, that's, uh, if that's not a recommendation, I, I don't know what is. But yeah, the, for me, the Smiths would be a great kind of second second band. Lots of people know the words. Great, great sing-along band. And yeah, would would definitely match that energy that, that the Gang of Views uh, would bring and then up it to the to the next level, I think. Great shout there. So the Smiths making their fourth Fantastival appearance and i think you're right i think they're probably one of the only bands who say it's never going to happen and you go actually i don't think that is ever going to happen i don't ever perceive them at getting back together but strange things have happened one of them might be listening to this fantastical and go do you know what it's a great idea sean sold it to me i'm going to ring morrissey or ring johnny up and get the band back together so you never know so the smiths are going to play a state of mind they're going to play from half past three to half past four we're going to take another half hour break and it'll be time for your midway Man, this slot, Sean. An act going to play between five and six p.m. So, Sean, who's going to take your midway madness act? So, I've kind of gone away with the madness part of of the midway madness, and I've chosen someone who is a brilliant writer, producer, 
and just makes really, really has made two very, very good albums and has left the world craving more music. He's very elusive at the moment, hasn't put out much in the last couple of years. We're still waiting for that for that third album. Um, but it's a it's an act that would totally change the energy of of a state of mind festival. I think it would kind of it would peak with the Smiths at this point, and it would it would stay at at that level with this with this act. And um, I would choose Frank Ocean to play Blonde in full for my Midway Madness, something that a lot of us will probably never experience him playing Blonde in full. If he ever did that, I think I might shed a tear. But I have had the privilege of seeing Frank Ocean play twice, once at Brixton Academy when Channel Orange came out. And that, that gig was life-changing. And then also got to see uh, him at Wireless Festival um, a good few years ago now, around the kind of the Blonde era as well. And he is a really great performer. He's not one to kind of be outspoken. He's very... Uh, he, last time I saw him, he was wearing the big kind of ear defenders. So he's very much in his own world. But he's got a voice to die for. He's got some amazing, amazing songs. And it's at that point where I guess the, the drink and if you are choosing to partake in the illicit substances as well, it's at that point where they'd probably be kicking in. So Frank Ocean would be one for, for that, I think, as well. And yeah, he's he's so, so good. And I wish, if he is listening, Frank, please release your third album. I know we just had uh, Johnny, and, Johnny and Morrissey listening, so we're going to get them back together and we're going to get Frank Ocean to release his long, long-awaited third album and uh, hopefully you can perform bits of that on, on an encore for uh, after playing blonde in full or something as well so that would be my my third choice for a state of mind festival love it so frank ocean makes his fantastical debut uh, i love brixton academy i know you mentioned it just seeing, seeing frank ocean but brixton academy is a wonderful wonderful yeah. venue so i'm glad you got to see frank ocean at least twice and hopefully one day sean hopefully you get to see him for a third time and hopefully he does blonde in full but here's your midway madness slot he's going to play blonde in full that will take us to six o'clock and then we'll take another half hour break and then that will take us to half past six time for your pre-headline acts so three acts done two acts to go your pre-headline acts are going to get an hour and a half to play so they're going to play from half past six to eight o'clock so sean who are you going to have pre-headline a state of mind yeah this, i'm sure this person if they, if they were told to play for an hour and a half they probably walk away uh, <laughs> but they've got more than enough songs to play an hour and a half they're, i mean i've spoken to people who've seen this guy live and they've said it's unlike anything they've ever seen before and when putting together this this festival bill it was hard not to choose him because i'm guessing at this point sun would be going down party atmosphere would be increasing and who better to start or or continue a party than the man the myth the legend that is prince great shout great shout so i mean prince has got such a wealth of music sean well yeah what would you, is there anything that he has to play a certain era or are you just after everything that you can get in within an hour and a half i mean like as, as corny as it sounds probably like a, a greatest hit set i mean like I'd probably tell him not to talk between songs and just, just play just, you know, for an hour and a half straight until, you know, there was blood on his guitar and, and stuff like that. No, yeah, no, no talking from Prince, very little and just let, let, let the music speak for himself. But yeah, that kind of 80s era Prince would be, would be ideal. But yeah, I think he, he would just be such a phenomenal act wherever you see him. If you see him, I mean, I, I know people who saw him at that Coco gig that he did 
and you know they were, he had that residency at uh, the O2 for a while. I know people who went and saw saw him there, and just there was no one like him. And I don't think there will be anyone like him in terms of a performer or a writer, a producer. He just he did it all. He was I, until a few years ago, I didn't realize how good he was at guitar either. He you know, he he rivaled Hendrix, I think, in terms of playing guitar. So and for him to see that. Well, for, for for people to be able to see him do that would be would be great. I'm a big fan of his uh, halftime performance at the uh, Super Bowl. I, I, I watch that relatively often, and that was fifth, what, 15 minutes, 15 20 minutes of just him. So yeah, a bit a slice of that, but in a, in a in a bigger quantity for for an hour and a half. So yeah, Prince would be a really good pre-headline act, I think. That's a great shout. I don't think he's going to be too happy about 90 minutes, but we've talked him into it. He's settled yeah. himself down. He's happy. I had, I never saw Prince, but he'd done the Roundhouse. It must have been about 2015, 2016. He'd done like a double header of like a, a half past five show and an eight o'clock show. And I had tickets in my basket for the half past five show. And for whatever reason it was, I just was like, oh, actually, do you know what? I don't want to pay 80 quid to see Prince. And I look back on that now and go, you idiots. Regret. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that I do regret not seeing. But, you know, he lives on, his legend lives on, fifth time at Fantasy Festival, and he takes your headline slot. So he's going to play till eight o'clock. We'll take one more break for half hour, and that will take us to half past eight, and it'll be time for your headline act. So your headline act are going to get two and a half hours to play, and they're going to play till 11 o'clock. So an amazing first four acts. But Sean, who is going to headline A State of Mind? I would say asking this this gentleman to play two and a half hours is actually quite easy for him he's he's definitely one to play longer sets for sure until maybe until he gets asked to come off stage and maybe gets fined so a two and a half hour set for for this gentleman would be super super easy he's someone who's spanned generations of of musical taste uh i've actually had the privilege of, of meeting this this guy as well and he's probably one of the nicest people you, if you ever do get the chance to meet him he's, he's such a such a nice guy uh, very warm and he, i think his music reflects that and my headline act for a state of mind festival at tower bridge would be the boss himself mr bruce springsteen amazing choice i'm very um envious that you've met him i'm gonna have to go back to that before we talk about his music so yeah. obviously that must be in through your marketing job uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what was it like meeting Bruce before we talk about him? I can only imagine what that must be like. It was. I was really nervous because it's like you're meeting the boss. He's like a hero <laughs> for millions of people. He's you know he's been around for so so long, and his music. It's not something that I m- my parents ever listened to, but it's something I kind of discovered by myself. Um, and he's just yeah, he's just a re- very very good lyric writer. He he's very good at kind of tapping in. To the mind of, of, of the quote-unquote working man and um he's just yeah he's a, his lyrics are, are very beautiful quite can be quite politically charged as well as uh, as we know and from people who have seen him live i actually haven't ever seen him i've met him never seen him live but from people who have it's just like it's you know it's a three and a half hour marathon show but he's got more than enough music to, to fill it so getting him to do a two and a half hour headline slot at the state of mind festival would be an absolute doddle for for him but just being able to sing back all of his massive hits would be a dream come true i think for sure is there anything that you'd have to have him play because i've i've seen bruce a lot of times and a lot of times he'll play what you want to hear but there's also stuff that he just won't or doesn't play because he's playing such a spanning career set so is there anything that you're going to stipulate into a state of mind contract that says bruce you have to play this song otherwise 
we're going to have issues. I love him to play Philadelphia because that's a really, really powerful song and obviously comes from the film of, of, of the same name, which was obviously a very, very powerful film. I, I don't think he'd probably play that very, very often. I'd love to see him play that just to see the emotion conveyed when he performs that. I think that'd be a, a really, really good one. And some of the stuff, some of the newer stuff he's released recently, I'd love him to still kind of focus on that a little bit. I know obviously we've got a, a you know, fan favourites like Dancing in the Dark and, and Born in the USA and things like that, which everyone everyone knows. But yeah, so some of the focus on some of the newer new, new material from his most recent albums would be really, really nice as well. Because I think Bruce is one of those guys who's just been consistent for, throughout his entire career. He's uh, He hasn't kind of wavered in, like, at all. He's been very consistent and he knows what he wants to do when he when he releases music. You know, he knows exactly what he wants to write about, and it's yeah, he still stays very true to himself. Great shout! So Bruce Springsteen is going to make his fifth fantasy festival appearance. He headlines a state of mind, playing for two and a half hours. Then at eleven o'clock, he's going to be back on stage. Prince, Frank Ocean, The Smiths, and Gang of Youths, and they all get to play one song. It can be any song by anyone. And that will close a state of mind. So, Sean, what are you going to have all five of your acts play to close a state of mind? So, not only do I have to convince Prince to play for an hour and a half, I've also got to convince him in his set not to play Purple Rain. And for him to kind of... Trying to have that conversation with Prince probably would have been really interesting. Like, Prince, I want you to play an hour and a half. I want you to not play Purple Rain until we're going to get you back out again. Even though you've played your set, we're going to get you back out with Bruce, Frank... Uh, Johnny Morrissey and, and the guys from from Gang of Views, and we're all going to all of you are going to sing Purple Rain together. I don't know how that conversation would go down, but I feel like the performance itself would be awesome. You've got obviously Johnny Marr, who's a brilliant guitar player, as well as as well as Prince. You've got the pipes of of, of Frank Ocean, and um, Dave from Gang of Views is a really really great singer as well. And um, yeah, I, just, I think it'd be really interesting to see what how Bruce Springsteen would take singing Purple Rain as well. And I wouldn't want the kind of the, the radio edit. I'd want the full, the full, full version with all the jingly jangly bits at the end, the full like eight, nine minute version of, of um, Purple Rain, maybe even extend it for 15 minutes. Let Prince and Johnny Marr have a little guitar battle between <laughs> between the two of them and let Frank kind of do a, a vocal solo. And just, yeah, I think we'll have... That in, in itself will probably be about 20, 30 minute encore, I think. That's a great shout. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Bruce has played Purple Rain before. The night after Prince died, he was on tour and he opened with Purple Rain. It. So that that is on YouTube and the lights all are purple when he comes out and they go straight into it. So Bruce can sing it because I've seen him sing it before. But I didn't know about that. I would check that out. Along with Prince and Frank Ocean and Smiths and Gang of Youth, that's going to be an epic ending to an epic fantasy festival so let's lock this one in before any minds change because i'm aware that minds can change as we're doing this so we've got a state of mind fantasy festival taking place on tower bridge and with the audience on the river thames in your opening act slot we've got gang of youths super seconds we've got smiths midway madness we've got frank ocean and he's going to play his album blonde in full in your pre-headline act we've got prince and headlining your fantasy festival we've got bruce springsteen and the e street band and for your encore they're all going to play purple rain together sean that's an amazing lineup to me are you happy with that you're happy to lock it into the fantastical vaults i'm more than happy to to lock it in i'd love to make it real like proper proper real but yeah that's that's why that's why i love this podcast because you can yeah, you make the unreal kind of real in 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 a, in a podcast sense, I guess. So yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we let you go, Sean, what does the future look like for you? I guess you're obviously 
loving doing the radio show. You're going to try and do more. Are you happy to do it once a month? What 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 are the long term plans for you? Yeah, still really enjoying radio. I'm just kind of I'm just like in that kind of state of mind. Excuse the pun, but where where I just want to see where it takes me. Like I've only been doing it for maybe like nine or ten months with with Voices Radio. They're still quite a new station and. They've got a lot of potential. Lots of really great um, DJs across across the board who, who present on, on voices. Again, the the, the genres are, are really eclectic. So, yeah, just it kind of it depends whoever's listening. Really, you know, you know what I mean. So, um, I'm I'm not I'm not you know saying I'm gonna be the next super radio host. I just I just really enjoy what I do. I'm gonna continue to do it for for as long as I can, and yeah, explore as many years as I as, as I can through through my Be Kind Rewind show. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So you'll, yeah, be able, you'll, you'll be able to catch my show quite soon. Again. Brilliant stuff. Well, I've heard it. You've clearly got a, a great um, passion for it and are very good at it as well. So if anyone still hasn't listened to this, go back and listen to Be Kind Rewind on Mixcloud or live on Voices Radio. Sean, are you on social media? If anyone's listening and wants to give you a follow anywhere, can you be found anywhere yeah, on social? I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I don't do Twitter anymore because it was a, a, a cesspool of um, <laughs> horrible horribleness. I, I, yeah, I don't do Twitter anymore. But yeah, you can find me on, on Instagram. Just search for, for, for Sean Mackey on there and that'll, I'll come up and yeah, obviously on, on, on Mixcloud as well so you can find find my shows and I'm sure we can probably put the link somewhere in the, in the description for so people can can find me. We absolutely will. So that is it then. Thanks to everyone who has listened to the 91st episode of the Fantastical Podcast. If you've enjoyed this one and you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give us a review. On iTunes, you can go and give a five-star rating. On Spotify now, you can go and rate the show. So please make sure you do as that helps out the podcast massively. Sean isn't on Twitter, but the Fantastical Podcast is. So if you want to give the Fantastical Podcast a follow, go and give them a follow at Fantastical P. And I haven't taken the Fantastical to Instagram, but I am now on Instagram. So if anyone wants to give me a follow, go and find me at Stevenus, and I will give you a nice follow back and partake in Instagram with you. I'm still getting my head around, but I quite like it so far in my uh, early Instagram journey. Unfortunately, on podcasts, we can't play music, but we can put playlists together on Spotify. So I'll get some tracks from Sean from his chosen acts and any other acts that he wants to mention. We'll put that in the episode description as well. We'll put a link to some of the Mixcloud episodes as well, so you'll be able to listen to Be Kind Rewind and the Fantastical playlist uh, at your leisure. So, Sean, a massive thank you to coming on. We've arranged this one quite quickly, but I think you've been a great guest. It's been great to listen to you chat all about music. How have you found... I mean, I guess you're quite used to talking about music anyway, but how have you found like the whole concept of the pod and, and coming on? I think this is a really genius idea for, for a podcast because it explores what music means to people and it's, it, it's a fun way to kind of be creative. I know that for a lot of people, this is their job to kind of come up with, with festival bills, but not only do you get to come up with, you know, really fun and fantastic festivals but you know it's really fun having a, a conversation with with you steve uh, about them and uh i'd encourage anyone to get in touch with steve if you if you're a, if you're a fan of the podcast and he might let you on never know i'm all for that so yeah anyone wants to come on please do so so that is it then i'm back next week with episode number 92 of another wonderful guest so please make sure to join me but until then stay safe my fantastical friends please continue to spread the word and that word is fantastical Thanks for listening.